When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What is up, guys? Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast here on a Friday. We're presented by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. If you're local, stop into the DNVR bar. We got the beer of the month, the Christmas ale from Breck Brew, $6 all month here at the corner of Colfax in New York. Be sure to stop in and check it out. I'm Harrison Wynn. My guest on this week's The Denver Sports Podcast are DNVR Broncos beat writer, reporter, analyst, Henry Chisholm. What's up, man? Oh, not much. It's been kind of a long day. So here's here's like a weird thing that's been happening. So yeah. last Saturday, um, the website was down. Right. So nobody could write, but the Broncos played, and Montana played a game right before that. So it was like six hours straight of football with no responsibilities. And so we got like a bunch of twisted teas. And ever since, like I look in the fridge, I'm like, that sounds so good right now. Even this morning, I finally just went and got like a real iced tea and it just solved my problem. So, a, tw- a twisted tea exa- sounded good at 9 a.m. Yeah, exactly. on a Friday morning. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was like watching college football and drinking twisted. Like it just like reverted me back to who I was five Man. years ago. But like. Every wow. time I see him, I'm just like, wow, this looks so good. It, it looked good in your new fridge, in your new, in yeah. your new apartment yeah. that uh, you're, you just moved into. Con- congrats, man. You're, some big moves for you. I know. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's also like, so it's right by Union Station, yeah. which means it's super convenient to get to the airport. But this morning, it was too the, early. You're taking the train exactly. to the airport. Exactly. Yeah, like it was two bucks or whatever. It, ten. It's ten? Okay. Yes. And we're like two blocks away. But I still drove my girlfriend to the airport this morning well, that's nice because she said it was too early to take the train. I was like, well, then here's here's a, here's a word of advice. Up. Always drive your significant other to the airport. Yes. Just always do it. Yeah, I know you got the train right there. Um, I know driving to DIA sucks. Yep. Just always do it. Also, I hit like a pothole. Yeah. And it really it stings happens. because it, it was like it was kind of off to the side too. Like I could have avoided it. I just wasn't paying enough attention because it was early. And I yeah. went to my car. Maybe to had come a here. twisted tear too already. Uh, I wish. <laughs> and it was just like a tiny bit flat. Mm. I was like, it probably isn't bad, but I'm a little bit concerned. I'm gonna go out to the car after this and be like, oh, yeah. Trip to sometimes a little flat could develop into a bigger flat. I know that that can happen sometimes. I know. I'm not excited about All that. All right. Well. Hoping for the best for you, man. Appreciate it. Hoping for the best. Yeah. Um, Glad to have you on this week. Broncos are seven and seven with a big game coming up against the Patriots. Yeah. uh, This weekend. 
I want to talk about a lot of things. I want to talk about Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, what you've learned about this team this year. What's the biggest difference from last year, of course, and kind of look ahead to this Patriots game as well. Um, I want to start, though, with uh, something we were talking about just before we went live. You do the game grades every week. Yes. For us. You can read mm -hmm. them at thednvr.com. Mm -hmm. Two articles every week on the game grades. Offensive game grades, defensive game grades. I read them every week. I think they're must-reads. They're just a great way to digest the game in a super light, easy-to-read manner. But they've seeped into the Broncos' locker room, it seems like. They sure have. They sure have. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, like, when you write about people you know that there's like a chance it gets back to them and the bigger dmvr gets the more likely it is that that happens and yeah. so there have been like a couple of instances where like i know somebody's been reading but yeah there were a couple of players this week uh josie jewel and alex singleton who i gave d pluses to i came to find out on wednesday that josie had read that sent it to alex some sort of discussion had happened and uh so word got back to me that they were not happy with me and that they had not missed a single run fit in that entire game and the 42 points that was not their fault and all that sort of stuff but yeah so i had a talk with alex about that yesterday and he said he's gonna teach me how to watch football so everybody that could, wins that could be good henry <laughs> yeah. chisholm and alex singleton watch football uh, yeah yeah and that'd be a good watch along actually exactly in the week before Although he is playing so that'd be kind of tough that would be that would be <laughs> and hopefully they're playing in the playoffs so we couldn't do like a playoff watch along yeah. with them yeah so that's the other thing is like you have to remember so so we he first came on our podcast at the super bowl last year right because like the week leading up all the radio stations across the country are out there like some of the podcasts the big podcasts like us were out there sure uh love saying that and uh alex was there for special olympics and so there was like a special olympic super bowl camp where you go and like work with the kids and mm -hmm. he does like two days where he's walking around going on the different radio stations talking about it um i want to say like yeah we'll do it at the super bowl but i, I barely caught myself because it's like they're in the playoff hunt. They're yeah. still thinking we're going to be playing in the Super Bowl. We're not going out there for fun. We're going out there to, to go right. win football. And I mean, it's a stretch, but it's their job to believe that sort of thing. So, hey, win these last three games, you're probably in the playoffs. Who knows what could happen yep. then? Uh, what people don't understand, though, mm -hmm. in our business is that players see everything. Mm -hmm. We had a... Um, we had a two-way player on the Nuggets. Uh huh. Um, you know, two-way guy, one of the last guys on the roster. Uh -huh. He's been, you know, jumping around from G League team to G League team over the last couple of years. He's on the Nuggets this year. I actually think he's a good player. Mm -hmm. But we spoke about him on one of our shows leading mm -hmm. up to the season, and we actually liked this guy. We were singing his praises, but we said one thing about how, yeah, like he might not have like. <laughs> starter level like uh, you know rotation level potential for this team mm -hmm. and he dm'd us on instagram and he was like man keep your name out of my mouth like blah 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 blah, <laughs> blah. i'm like dude like, we're talking about uh, you as a two-way player mm -hmm. like on our nugget and we like you like we're, we we think you're, you're good you just might mm -hmm. not be like in the peyton watson category of prospects yeah uh but these guys see everything they and do. actually read everything and if they don't read everything they get it sent to them. Exactly. That's actually what happens more often than not. These guys get these things sent to them by, you know, you know, their managers, guys in their mm -hmm. circle, agents, whatnot. Yep. That's actually how they hear about it more often than not. Yep. I got one without I'm gonna try to keep this as vague as possible, but um so the the 
the Broncos had that horrible game against the Dolphins, lost by 50. There was a player who played for the Broncos in that game who recently played for another team that was in mm-hmm. a horrible, horrible loss recently. Yeah. And I tweeted that out. Got a little just deep. a night, just exactly, a little just, fact. Exactly, it's just, just like a, little, a bump back. Yeah, fun fact. And it, the tweet got a lot of attention because it's like a good, interesting tweet. Yeah. Um, fun fact. There was one person in particular who did not like that tweet, and uh, I heard about that one. Yeah. But well, I mean, anybody can figure out who that was if they want to. Hopefully, you don't because uh, it is just a thing that happens. <laughs> yeah. It's a thing that happens. It is a thing that happens. I do like to envision the Nuggets locker room just talking about the latest episode of the DNBR Nuggets <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. They're all sitting there watching it together. Yeah. I like to envision that. Put but it I, on the film. But room. they all get sent clips. Like they, yep. they, they know what we're talking about, they know what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, Broncos are seven and seven, three games left. At the Patriots this weekend, mm-hmm. at the Chargers, at the Raiders. I want to go back to um, before this historic turnaround, though. Yeah. When the Broncos were one and five, uh, they were about to play the Packers. What were you thinking about this team heading into that game? If you can remember yeah. and, and think back to. The weird thing is that everybody was so sure about everything, including me. Like you get to that point, and even though you're six weeks in, like you're you're a third of the way through the season, you're like, yep, we know everything that's about to happen. Maybe they don't get the number one pick, but they're going to have a top five pick. They're going to move on from Russell Wilson. They're going to draft a quarterback. It's going to be like a whole new identity for the team around this quarterback. They're probably going to tear down a whole bunch of other things. Um, they don't have too many big free agents this year, but they're probably not bringing those guys back. Right. Um, it was kind of set in stone. Like there were even times like we went out to Chicago and talked to the bears guys out there. Um, and that would have been to, that was their first win of the season. So they're Oh, and three that gone to one and three, I mm-hmm. believe and that was like the huge comeback. Um, and at that point, even we were saying, so it's all about Caleb Williams now, like just go get Caleb Williams and you go solve all your problems. Um, yeah. What and, I remember is the only thing we were talking about yeah. was a possible tank. Yeah. Well, and then I went out to Minnesota with my girlfriend for a wedding um, I was talking to her brother, and at that time, the Vikings were really bad, too. I think both teams were one in four, um, and they were about to play. Or No, they played each other later on down the line. But we had the conversation, like, so, yeah, you guys, like, in the hunt for Caleb Williams, too. And they yeah. were saying, like, no, no, no. Like, we're going to we're gonna go, like, six and two down the stretch or whatever it is and make the playoffs. And they actually made a pretty good push until Kirk got back. Well, but, they're seven and seven right now. Exactly. And so, for some reason, the Broncos... Broncos country, including myself, like it was, it was all over. And you talk to people in Chicago, it was like 50, 50 over talk to people in Minnesota is like 75% of them were still happy. So Broncos fans seem to have hit the panic button before anybody else. Yeah. And for good reason. I mean, they've been bad for so long, but it did feel like everything was just so set in stone at that point. Yeah. And it's not even like it was just set in stone. It was how it was kind of happening. I mean, punctuated by losing 70 to 20. Exactly. Anytime you lose 70 to 20 to drop to 0 and 3, it's tough to come back from that. Um, And I mean, losing to the Jets, not great. The next week against Kansas City when they only lost 19 to 8, like that didn't go as bad as people thought. So there was a little juice there. And then they obviously won against the Packers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what I remember about that time is everybody was talking about tanking. Mm-hmm. There was no way Russell Wilson was going to be back next season. Yep. Was Sean Payton a good coach? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, people were at least making jokes, right? Because he said all those things about Nathaniel Hackett in the offseason. Yeah. The worst coaching job of all time. And then he comes out and does this. 
And I was like, ah, this is the guy who was saying those things about Nathaniel Hackett. And I mean, Sean Payton being a good coach was kind of up for debate, which is crazy when you look at his resume. Um, but, you know, it's I think also Bill Belichick and everything that was happening with the uh, Patriots hurt him as well. Because mm. at the time, everybody's like, well, it was all Tom Brady, not Bill. Right. And because that was all going on, it made it even easier to say like, oh, and it was all Drew Brees and not Sean Payton. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was those are dark times. And it's pretty, pretty crazy to think about that at this point. Oh, it's it's ridiculous to think about. They're seven and seven now, obviously coming off the loss to the Lions last week. But if you look back, what do you think the biggest things are that you learned about this team over the last several weeks as you've been watching this historic turnaround come to fruition yeah i mean so the biggest changes would be on defense um i mean obviously they gave up 70 points yeah um well that was another storyline <laughs> thinking back to it vance joseph was a disaster oh, yeah a disaster hire and we're thinking about it like how could they ever hire this guy back to this team again like what were they actually thinking this guy has no idea what he's doing mm -hmm. and to your point the defense has been leading this turnaround exactly i mean with vance like i remember saying i would fire him like i would fire that him right now like you weren't the only one no. saying that and the only one who wasn't saying that was todd davis who's on the broncos podcast if you guys don't listen um linebacker for the broncos who i believe got his first I know it wasn't his first starting job, but he became the captain of the Broncos defense under Vance Joseph. Mm. He was the one calling all plays. And it was Vance in the headset. Like he and Vance have a great relationship. And when that's the only guy saying like, yeah, you know, maybe give him another chance. Turns out Todd was totally right. Um, yeah. but, but that's, that's where we were. Turns out time. Todd knows what he's talking yeah, about. Todd knows ball <laughs> as we've found out over and over again. Um, but yeah, I mean the defense, first of all, there's just a whole bunch of changes. Um, especially when you look at that dolphins game in particular, um, you know, you've got one of the cornerback spots, Damari Mathis, who played well down the stretch last year as a rookie came out, did not play well. They put in Fabian Moreau, like not expected to be a starter reason he was a free agent in august mm -hmm. um had been in the league for a long time had started for close to half of his career was coming off of starting a couple playoff games for the giants last year but again it's like starting for the giants it's not like you're starting for the eagles and sure. like it's a little bit so he comes in and plays really really well and he's had a tough couple weeks since but that was one of the changes um in the nickel you bring in jaquan mcmillan who's been insane this season he replaces Usain bassey who had a tough time um at uh, at safety you know justin simmons was hurt for that game he comes back at linebacker uh, josie jewel misses most of that game you play the rookie drew sanders who i up until about two weeks ago he was the second worst linebacker in the nfl according to pro football focus and the other guy had only played five snaps all season wow and so like he just had a tough start and he's figured things out because they moved an outside linebacker there's like just pieces missing you got rid of frank clark and randy gregory since then so there's just been True. so many changes that there's some of it that is like guys get better guys learn their role better vance calls better defenses but also half of it just totally turned over from that game yeah do you give vance joseph a lot of credit for that yeah yeah i think that he gets a lot of credit for turning it around, but I also think that there's just specific games where you're like, mm. you you did a really good job in that game and they might not win without you. Mm -hmm. um, that was like two weeks ago. Um, the, the last win they had, I'm blanking on who that was, right before the Chargers. The yes, the Chargers game, the Chargers game. Uh, and he comes out and just blitzes. 
Yeah. And the, the week before that, they lost to the Texans. Texans picked them apart in the first half. They have the second half comeback. Didn't get any pass, pass rush in the first half. But in the second half, they start sending everybody. Yeah. So they're sending corners off the edge. Safety's sending off the edge. Sending everybody at Easton Stick. Exactly. Yeah. And Easton rough, Stick rough had night for him. no, no answer to any of that. So so you saw kind of that, that change a little bit against the Texans. They carry it over. Just blitz all game against the Chargers. It totally works. It didn't quite work last week. Um, which is kind of concerning. But you look at that game plan, how he's kind of fi- found answers for the issues they still have, which is when you just line up your four pass rushers and tell them, go beat your guy, it doesn't mm-hmm. go great. But they found a way to go with the little stunts and the twists, and they open things up for each other, and then they send extra rushers. A- and so they've kind of found answers for some of those problems, and, th- and that's Vance. Yeah. And it's been the right recipe, too, because mm-hmm. and we'll talk about the offense and, and, and Russell Wilson here in a little, but for as as good as russell wilson has looked this year compared to last year mm-hmm. this still isn't an offense that's going to go out there and and win a game by itself yeah you know this still isn't an offense that's going to go out there and light up the scoreboard like they can drive down the field they can make stuff happen but they're not going to go out there and score 30 points so <laughs> from that line of thinking like yeah it had to be the defense that champion this turnaround Mm -hmm. like if the broncos were ever going to have a chance this season it was going to have to be with the defense Mm so and if you think about to the good broncos teams of years past it has always started with the defense so Mm -hmm. it's kind of fitting in in that respect and i think you're totally right like this isn't an offense that goes and wins you games but the narrative has kind of been, well, if you don't get a bunch of turnovers, you're not going to win. Like the right. offense isn't going to put up a bunch of points. And that's right. Um, but I went through the numbers two weeks ago, so they probably changed a little bit. This season, when a team's defense hasn't gotten a single turnover, they either average 18.9 points per game or 19.1. Mm. They didn't the Broncos didn't force a turnover last week. They didn't force one in the loss of the Texans. They put up 17 points. Like, and so the, it is true. Like they aren't going to go out there and put up a bunch of numbers when they don't get that help from the defense, but also they're not that far off from what you expect when an offense just doesn't get a short field over right. the course of an entire game. Yeah. Like it's just as fluky to not get a turnover as it is to get three turnovers, you know, four turnovers. Right. And I think that that part kind of gets lost, but it is totally true. And there've been some other issues with that offense. I mean, when they went on the long streak, the five game streak, it was the running game that was really dominant. Mm-hmm. That offensive line was figuring, and they just had answers for everything. They had these traps going, then they go to the powers, then the zone, the counter. Like it was called really well, but also those guys, the offensive line, just executing their blocks perfectly. The last few weeks, it's kind of dwindled a little bit, and that part of it is concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's been eight weeks since Javante Williams has averaged four yards per carry in a game. Wow. He has one broken tackle, according to stat heads counting one broken tackle in the last six games. Wow. Um, what a stat. Exactly. And so his rookie season, he had 31 broken tackles, the most in the NFL. So that's kind of the perspective. That's two per game is what we're used to. And you can't really blame him because he's coming off the torn ACL and he's 14 months removed, less uh, about 14 months exactly removed from the torn ACL. It's, him slowing down late can't mm-hmm. be a huge surprise, but it is something that you need to find an answer for, whether it's giving more touches to the other running backs, um, whether it's just throwing the ball more, which I don't necessarily love, but you have started to see like a couple of the things that really made them click in that streak dissipate, at least at least to some degree. Yeah. You mentioned some of the play calling there and some of the schemes they've mm-hmm. been drawn up and um 
I mean, a lot of that I have to think is Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you just think about like Sean Payton in general, what's the biggest thing that you think he's brought to the team this year? That's a good one. How, what's wow. the biggest way he's changed the dynamic of this Broncos team, do you think? I'd, it's tough to come up with a word for it or explain exactly what it is. It's almost like he's just a problem solver. Um, I think that... Let's see, which game was it? It was the Monday night game against the Bills that got them, I believe, within a game of 500. Maybe it's even within two games. Of yeah, five. that got them to four and five. That got them I to think. four and five. That's what I thought. So so that was the Monday night game. Yeah. And at that point, they have just a little bit of momentum. You're like, oh, maybe there's something here. But nobody was picking them to go to Buffalo and win that game because that was an insane thing to do. Um, but you look at them throughout practice all week. You know, that was the week that he painted the Bills logo at the middle of the practice fields, which is... Like, nobody does that. Like, what a weird thing to think to do. Just paint the opposing team's logo out there and be like, this is a big road game. You know, the stretches, Friday stretches before practice, um, as they go out there, it's the Monday Night Football theme music. That's what mm. they're playing. That's the first song they play. And then they go through, like, their their playlist. But there's that. And you, like, it just kind of gets you going. And those are such little Dude, things. I was I was reading this. I was reading huh. an article in the pre, in the a preview for Broncos mm-hmm. Patriots. Apparently, Sean Payton dressed up as Bill Belichick and did a Bill Belichick impersonation before the Saints played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Really? Apparently, he like walked into the Saints locker Uh room dressed, I'm assuming, in a cutoff sweatshirt, (laughs) like with a pencil behind his ear and a visor, dressed like Bill Belichick and did an impression and allegedly... It like riled up the Saints and like got them juiced up even more for that Super Bowl. I believe it. I I totally believe. It. I mean, again, first of all, I'm happy you brought that up because I'm actually I'm writing obviously about this game today, and yeah. so I'm kind of excited to go like ask some, uh, especially the offensive guys, what that Patriots defense is like because it's a really weird defense. They do a whole bunch of different things, like what they're a member of, like the Broncos Patriots rivalry. And I'm excited to go talk to all those guys about that. Yeah. Um, but that's a good little piece for that story and ask them about it because I guess nobody there would have played on those teams. But yeah, I mean, I think people want to put Sean Payton in a box. Like it's always like he's kind of an asshole or he's like he's an aggressive, mean coach or like there's a whole bunch of different ways that people describe him. But he really is complex. You know, he's he comes from that Bill Parcells background. He and Bill Belichick are the last two coaches in the league who coached under Bill Parcells. Just yeah. a hard nose. Like, I'm just going to tear you apart. Like yeah. everybody like he's an old school football coach. Exactly. Man. He's a football guy. Exactly. But at the same time, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I guess it was a month ago now at this point. He he has he has a Jordan sponsorship. Only coach in the NFL who has a Jordan yeah, sponsorship. Like crazy game thing is elite. But all those guys are like, like I was talking to Pat and I was like, yeah, Pat Sertan, and um, I was like, yeah, you know, Jerry just went up there. Like apparently Sean has a bunch of shoes he's giving away, and Pat, Pat was just like, wait, what? Just takes off and sprints through the locker and go up there. Like that gets Pat's what twenty three. That gets those guys excited. It's like. <laughs> It's like a whole bunch of shoes just came in. They were the same shoe size, I guess. Yeah. Well, and actually, as it turned out. (laughs) Pat Sertan and Sean Payton. All right. As it turns out. Yeah. Now I was talking to Jerry about it. It's like, yeah, you wouldn't believe it. Like the Jordan Shipman just came in. Like, it's like a footlocker up there, man. Like, it's it's great. But they're so excited. And Pat wound up not liking the shoes he got and gave them away to one of the, like, the practice squad defensive linemen, which is a nice thing to do. Um, who, Who actually has three sizes larger feet than Pat does. 
And so Pat doesn't even know what happened to those. Probably sold them. Pro honestly, probably. There's a third-rate uh, uh, shoe market going on <laughs> yes. out of Dove Valley. Yes, is what exactly. We're learning. But I mean, <laughs> so like people want to say like, Sean, Sean, he's not Nick Saban. Yeah. Who's just asshole, 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 like all the way through. Like you talk to Jerry about him, and Jerry's just like, yeah, that guy's hilarious. Like he's a lot of fun. Like I learned yeah. a lot from him. And so there is. He knows what card to play at the right time. Whether, like, again, it's like you play that music or you you put the logos on the field, which they've been doing for every road game since now. Um, and, you know, I think they were 0-4. Yeah, they were 0-4. And so it used to be they've got TVs all around the locker room in there. Um, there's probably, like, eight of them in there. And about half of them are on, like, a game show channel. Half of them are on um, ESPN. Like, there's a couple on the golf channel. Uh, I know that math doesn't work, but what they uh, what Sean did after that was they were all just film of the team you're playing that week, and so right. starting with week five, it's uh, that was the Bears game, I believe. So it's just tape of all the Bears games, right? And so Watching just game on repeat. tape instead of Price is Right. Exactly, exactly. Nice. And ever since, it's just been that is game tape in there. It's it's not any of that. And I talked to Will Lutz, a kicker, about it, who uh, who was in. Uh, uh, New Orleans with Sean. Right. I was like, so wait, what happened with this? Like, was that a Sean decision? Was that a captain's decision? He was like, that was a Sean decision. Let yeah. me tell you, that was a Sean decision. And actually, he told me that there was a there was a game. I think it was the 2018 game against the 49ers, uh, Saints 49ers. And before that game, Sean put tape of a Saints 49ers game up there. But that was a playoff game from 2012. Mm -hmm. He was so pissed about the the 2012 playoff game that like four guys on the team were a part of. That he was like, these are these guys. This is what they do. This is like still basically who they are. They've gone through whatever changes and we're not losing to them again. Like, wow. look at this game. This is what they did. And so like, I don't know. Oh, not to bash Nathaniel Hackett. But he doesn't you can bash him. any of that stuff. Like, he doesn't do one of those things. Yeah. Like, he tells some nice jokes. Like, there's that sort of stuff. But Sean, and that, and that's just the stuff that we know about. Yeah. And that's the stuff that I have figured out. Like, and I'm sure that there's so much more behind the scenes that, that he is doing and tweaking. So, like, he shows up dressed up as Bill Belichick. I, I bet. Like, I bet he does. Like, there, it just doesn't make. Yeah. I don't know how you think of it. I don't either. Uh, I want to stick on Sean Payton for sure. Got to mm -hmm. hit a quick break, though. Talk about Bet365, never ordinary. Use code DNVR365 when you sign up. Download mm -hmm. the app. Uh, they have an NFL early payout offer uh, going on right now at Bet365. You can get your straight bets paid out or parlay selection marked as a winner. When your team goes up by 17 points, regardless of whether the opponent comes back to win the game. So... Uh, you can bet on the Broncos if they go up by 17, which I could see that happening against yeah. the Patriots. Um, bet365 has already paid that out 52 times this season. That's going back to November, so probably double that by now. Um, two of those were actually Broncos games. You can uh, also hit up the same game parlays on Bet365 as well. Must be 21 plus and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Also, shout out to Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. The beer of the month here at the DNVR bar is the Christmas Ale. Six bucks 
through the end of December. We've got another week here to take advantage of that. If you don't know where to get Breck Brew, check out the Breck Brew beer locator online. Just type in your zip code. Tells you exactly where to get Breckenridge Brewery, no matter where you are. Uh, Breck Brew is the official beer of DNVR. Um, I love that Sean Payton behind the scenes stuff, man. That is yeah. awesome. Feels like he's actually made a huge difference in the locker room. He has. Compared well, to last year. Especially when you look at the situation. Or yeah. it's like 0-4. That's not an... Obviously, no coach wants to be in that situation. But getting guys to turn it around and want to like keep fighting and not just quit on the season like that's not easy to do and he not found a way to do that and credit to russell wilson like if there's a quarterback you want in that situation it is russell wilson because as he said like after i think he was at zero and four maybe he was at one and four and he was kind of like feeling himself but mm -hmm. he said uh you know we don't want to be here but it's just gonna make the story even better when we turn around and go playoffs and it's like he did say that and at the time you're just like oh my god not this again but but we that's kind of the energy you need in that situation and so yeah. credit to him too for for i mean obviously he's the quarterback he's the leader of that team and that's the energy you need at that point and obviously sean like football wise like the way he schemes the run game is it just doesn't get enough credit because everybody thinks about the the kind of the passing concepts and all that when they think like oh he's a great smart head coach like the way he he designs things he's a great offensive mind but the way he designs runs and then calls runs and knows where the defense is going to be like that to me yeah. has been even more impressive this season so to me like offensively like he's pressing all the buttons all the right buttons on the field for the most part there have been a couple times like maybe run more in the red zone maybe some they started a little mm -hmm. pass heavy but they've kind of figured that out um but on the field off the field like i mean there's there's a reason there's some coach of the year hype mm. like there's there's a yeah. reason for it yeah well let's stick on the play call real quick because mm -hmm. a couple of the things you mentioned like how he's diagramming some of these plays and there have been a couple each week now where you look and it's just you know a tight end wide open in exactly. the back of the end zone or some misdirection thing and you're like <laughs> That's Sean Payton. Like, that's a brilliant play call. Yep. And you mentioned, you know, the run game, too, and some of the stuff he's doing there. Is he really, like, this elite, elite play caller, play designer? And is that some of, like, what we've seen with the offense over this turnaround, too? Yes, 100%. Um, 100%. And I know some people would probably push back on that just because they look at the numbers and say like, well, actually, this is a pretty average offense. Mm -hmm. I would start by saying, well, look what it was last year, like a, one of the worst offenses in NFL history. Getting to average from that's really impressive. And then on top of that, you know, the Broncos could have, uh, I don't want to say a worse quarterback situation. I guess they could have a worse quarterback situation, but take the contractor side. Like there are plenty of quarterbacks who are starting in the NFL who are worse than Russell Wilson. Dude, it's been one of the big takeaways from this totally. NFL season for me. Half the quarterbacks in this league suck. Exactly, and like for for Broncos fans in particular to be like, ah, I don't injuries know about Russell are a big, Wilson. Big thing with that, totally. but, but still, but that, you look it at is guy, what like, it is. You'd yeah. rather have Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Trevor Simeon, like this run that we've seen. Like Russell Wilson's an upgrade now. You gave him that contract. Is it worth the contract? Probably not. Um, where I was going, though, is that he isn't the perfect quarterback for Sean Payton. You know, he is kind of an off script, make mm -hmm. things happen downfield. And I think that if Sean had the type of quarterback who fits him a little bit better, if you were to give him a like kind of great 
pocket passer at Drew Brees, yeah. that's when obviously the offense explodes. But because of just the limitations, not just from Russ, um, but you know, he doesn't have like a legitimate receiving tight end. Greg Dulcich has been hurt all year, and he was supposed to be that guy that when they flex the tight end out, he can stretch the seam, he can make those catches underneath. That's missing. You know, you haven't you, you don't have Tim Patrick. And that means mm-hmm. that Jerry Judy needs to step up and he hasn't quite done that. Marvin Mims has, has, needs to step up, and he hasn't. He's made some really big plays. He's had his flashes. He's first, second round receiver. You can't be upset with what you've seen from him. Right. But you're lacking a little bit of juice in the receivers too. Like I said, the running backs, Javante in particular, slowed down a little bit. And so I think that you have to kind of look past the stats and look at what he's doing and how he's kind of opening things up. The fact that this has remained a functional offense, that's. That's 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 pretty great from Sean. That's a big accomplishment, it feels like. Yes, especially compared to 15.9 points per game last year. Yeah. Russell Wilson this season, I mean, how much has your opinion on him changed from last year and the first couple games of this year to where it is right now and just what you mm-hmm. think a Broncos team and Broncos offense led by Russell Wilson can accomplish? Yeah, you know, we were talking about this a little bit on the podcast this week. And it started with, like, the whole Sean and Russ relationship. And my take was, like, it really hasn't changed at all. Like, th- we knew going in, Sean's going to be a little bit hard on him. Sean maybe doesn't. They, they might not be best friends off the field. Their personalities mm-hmm. might not mesh perfectly. Like, there's limitations, like I talked about. And now we get to this point, and it's like, can it work? Yeah, sure. Is it ideal? Probably not. Does Sean want to go somewhere else? Like, probably would. Does the financial obligation mean that you don't, like... Nothing's really changed in terms of the Sean and Russ thing. In terms of Russ himself, honestly, I don't know that much has changed either. I think that maybe after last year, you thought his floor was lower. Like you're like there there was a chance that all the things that went wrong last year were just as much Russ as they were Hackett. Ah, I, I didn't think they were. I don't think a lot of people think it was more rust than Hackett. I mean, we all kind of saw what was going wrong in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. Um, but Russ is kind of, he's proven that he was not the issue. He also hasn't shown that he's like an MVP quarterback or anything like that. But to be honest, he never was like, he's never gotten an MVP vote. Like he yeah. was just, he was a consistent pro bowl kind of guy. And he did that with a great defense that put him in good situations and some really good receivers who fit him really well. And just kind of, pieces around him that helped and then you throw in that he's aged a little bit so the athleticism isn't what it was you know people forget he's the he's third all time in rushing yards for a quarterback like i think it's randall cunningham and uh michael vick in front of him i believe that's crazy yeah and lamar jackson's gonna pass him probably next season but i mean that is what made russell wilson russell wilson it was like yes he can hit those deep balls he can work off a play action but also He's rolling out of the pocket. He's running the ball. And that's what yep. took him from like, yeah, he's a decent quarterback to like, oh, I want Russell Wilson. And now he's 35, so it shouldn't come as much of a surprise. You probably hope that he would have picked up a little bit more of the like pre-snap reads. Like, mm-hmm. hey, change this to like a little comeback route. He's going to be playing off you. We're going to get and, and that sort of stuff isn't quite there, but that was never really his game anyway. He's not much of a pocket passer. You know, it is it is tough to see over six foot six linemen when you're five foot ten. Like that's just the world that he lives in. But at the same time, there's things that you can do to be functional. I don't yeah. know that he's ever going to be a Terry apart throw for five thousand yards guy. I mean, four thousand yards is a really good season for him, you know, so you can get by. 
it's it's going to be interesting to see how they handle this offseason, though. Yeah. Because there's obviously better quarterbacks out there in, like, you're gambling on a draft pick probably free agency you're not going to get an upgrade but they're definitely better fits mm-hmm. in terms of the mold of quarterback you want m- maybe 85 percent of guys fit sean payton better mm. just that they're 90 percent of that 85 percent are just not as good at football yeah so how do you compensate those two things yeah it's tough because i mean my takeaway from the last several weeks is like it's obvious that Russell Wilson can get you to the playoffs yep. because the Broncos are in position where they can mm-hmm. get to the playoffs with him. Can he win a playoff game? Probably. Yeah. He could probably definitely luck into winning a playoff game, you know, with the defense. If, you know, the coaching is up, if mm-hmm. the game plan is there, can he win a Super Bowl? No. Like, I don't, I don't probably think so. Not. I don't think That's so. Fair. Um, are there better fits out there, you think? Like, yeah. Do you have a list of names you're thinking about? I think you'd have to go with the draft. So, so the way it works is his 2025 salary became becomes guaranteed in March of 2024. So if you keep him for next year, you're keeping him for two years. Okay. And that becomes another $37 million basically. Mm -hmm. So you can either, let him walk and basically your cap hit for next year is the exact same as it would be if you kept him. Um, your cap hit the year after is the exact same as if you kept him. Um, and then he's off the books after that. Um, so you pay basically for two more years, despite not having him, you keep him for those two years. Then it just throws on another 37 million on that third year. So you pay him a salary these next two years, you get him the next two years and you take that, um, cap hit, which is less than either of these next two and keep him. So that's kind of where the decision is. So if you're looking at it as can you find a guy for two years for $37 million who's better, I'm not sure. And the one person I would look at is Kirk Cousins, who I think is he made like $35, $40 million last year on a one-year deal from the Vikings. Mm-hmm. He's coming off a uh, uh, the torn Achilles. Right. So how much does that hurt his, his value as a free agent? Does it cut his salary in half because there's the doubts that come with that? Um, oh, I would think so. Yeah. I would think so, too. And so that, in terms of guys in the league, would probably be where I would look. Um, Is he going to be ready to play next season? I mean, if Aaron Rodgers can do it in six well, months, why can't, why can't Kirk <laughs> Aaron do it Rodgers in can't do it in six months. That's the thing. He can't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so so in the league, that's the one guy I look at. And then there's always, like, the backups. You know, Baker Mayfield, I think, is a free agent again after this year. You could probably go get him. Oh, boy. Like, like You're looking at those sorts of guys, and that's not all that enticing. Or the draft. And yeah. this has turned out to be kind of an exciting draft class for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got two great options in Caleb Williams and Drake May. Um, you've got Michael Penix Jr., who I really like, and I think fits um, Sean really well. Mm. You know, a little, little bit older prospect, has played a lot of football, has great accuracy, great touch, like can get the ball where he wants to go, can make every throw. Um, Jaden Daniels, who's just like flies, um, yeah, people like Bo Nix. I honestly didn't watch him much this year, but I knew that I thought he really sucked before that. So who knows? So you could go to the draft. Um, but that's that. I mean, that's question number one for the off season. And honestly, I think a lot of it comes down to what happens these next three weeks. Absolutely. I mean, these next three weeks, not just they're not just big in determining what happens this season. I mm-hmm. mean, these next three weeks determine probably what happens this off season with the entire roster. I would think. Totally. 
Totally. And they're, they're just in a weird place overall. I mean, they spent so much money last year going and getting Mike McGlinchey, getting Ben Powers, getting Zach Allen, uh, just like building up those trenches the way they did. And obviously, you've got the Russ contract as well. And what all that means is they're $20 million over the cap going into next year. Yeah. Not ideal. And your starting center, Lloyd Cushenberry, is uh, he's a free agent. Um, and Pro Football Focus just projected he gets like a four-year deal at like $12 bucks a year. Nobody saw that coming before the season, but he's played really well. Josie Jewell, mm-hmm. he's another free agent. And he's going to want probably about the same deal that Alex Singleton got, which was three years at six per year mm-hmm. i would guess it's more like two years six per year but that's what you're looking at there so you can bring yeah, well, those guys depending back on what the game grades look like these so last true. Those three damn weeks game grades. i don't know could, nobody uh, could lower yeah. the salary a those little game bit. grades yeah. we'll see about that yeah. we'll see about that but yeah i mean outside of that those are your big two like fabian moreau is a free agent he's a 29 year old veteran if you want to keep him on the minimum you could probably keep him on the minimum if you want to bring yeah. somebody else in so those are two big in-house pieces you can restructure things to like open up some cap, which is how Sean Payton did it with the Saints, is just restructure, push things down the line, push things down the line, push things down the line. Then he left, and they've been just kind of screwed because of pushing things down the line. Right. Wouldn't be surprised if that's what he does, and he finds a way to make it work. Um, But you're kind of a lot of this roster set. Like, it's going to be tough to go out there and go get somebody, unless you're talking about the draft. Yeah. So that's why it all just kind of points back to, like, is it Russ and you try to kind of run it back with this same team? Like, do you see enough to say like, ah, let's commit to this for two more years. Or do you say it's just not going to work? Like those guys cannot reach the heights we need. We've got to just go get a rookie and just kind of turn the page and see where that gets us and, and make some decisions a year or two down the line. Yeah. Sean Payton had the sideline dust up with Russ. He sure did. Um, last week. Obviously it was a massive story. It was yep. the only thing anybody remembers from that game. Yep. It, if the last three weeks go bad, that's probably the lasting image from this season. Uh-huh. If the last three weeks, weeks go good, we probably forget about it. Yep. I thought it was, I mean, of course, overblown. I thought it was mm-hmm. kind of much ado about nothing. I think that shit happens in games way more mm-hmm. than people know. Probably happens in practice a lot more than people realize, mm-hmm. too. But what do you think Sean Payton's view on Russell Wilson is like? Do you think he likes Russell Wilson? Do you think he thinks he can win with him? Do you think he thinks, like, this is a guy I want to, like, attach myself? Like, I'm good with him for the next couple years? Or do you think that Sean Payton is not a believer in Russell Wilson at all? I think, like I said before, I think that Sean Payton's opinion of Russell Wilson has not changed at all since August, Mm. which is a little bit strange i think like you would think there'd be some like growing changing like but i mean i guess maybe we sit here at seven and seven like yeah it all just kind of like 500 it's just one big tie but i think (laughs) yeah i think first of all sean payton thinks he can win with anybody i think that if he was told like yep you're you're stuck with russell wilson you're that's you don't have any sort of choice here it's just russell wilson he'd say like yeah we're gonna go we're going to the afc championship next year maybe super like that's just who he is like he thinks he can find a way to beat anybody with anybody um that's not the world we live in though because he does have this big choice coming up and i do think like i I mean the the fit just isn't perfect you know you you have to run a lot more like those little screens they found something with the quarterback run over the past month or two, probably month and a half. Yep. Uh, and I, 
I would imagine Sean has thought all season, this is something we can do, but you can't just be running your quarterback four times a game all season and expect him to play. So you kind of hit the point where you can justify running your quarterback. So now that's opened things up a little bit. Um, If I had to bet, I would bet they, they make a change because Sean says, you know what? I just want somebody who can run the system. Um, It's, it sucks that this isn't going to open up much cap space, but it means that we're out of this financially sooner. It means you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. Exactly. Um, at the same time, though, like if you're going to pay him the same amount, yeah, there's that other $37 million you're going to have to pay him that year after, which is going to stink at the time, but yeah. I think the hit's going to be... It's going to be more than that these next two years regardless. And so you're still seeing a decline there. Plus, you just get them on the team, so you don't have to worry about it. But the reason I think there will be a change is that I don't... In theory, you like the idea of like, yeah, just keep Russ around. Even go draft a guy. Like, you don't necessarily have many needs on this team. Um, outside of like the whole quarterback situation. You bring back Lloyd. You bring back Josie. Like, you want a second corner? That's something you can solve. Like mm-hmm. they're all just kind of little things that you can figure out. You could justify keeping Russ and spending that first round pick on a quarterback, but you would need to be able to put Russell Wilson on the bench when the time comes. Right. And I, I don't think that's a dynamic that they would want to mess with. Yeah. That kind of feels like it would get a little icky. Exactly. And that's kind of like the, to me, that's, that's the, that's what the decision comes down to is if if you decide to keep Russell for these next two years, because again, like if you're playing Madden, makes a whole whole bunch of sense. In terms of the locker room and Russ and all that sort of stuff, could you actually demote him when the time comes? I'm not yeah. I'm not sure you could. And I think that's why they just make the change, move on, and kind of start fresh there. If I if I had to bet. Although, like I said, you win these last three games. You're going to the playoffs. Like, how much can you really change? Yeah. Those are some good points. I like that. Uh, Let's hit another break. I want to ask Henry about this game coming up this weekend against the Patriots Mm -hmm. uh, on the other side. Breckenridge Distillery, guys, if you're still scrambling for a late holiday gift, this can be a great one. Um, Breck Distillery, they've got the best bourbon around. Really, really good stuff. Um it's more than just an award-winning spirit as well. They offer an immersive guest experience at Breckenridge Brewery, too. You can eat at their award-winning restaurant, enjoy show-stopping cocktails. You can learn about their highly awarded spirits with an in-depth tasting as well. They have uh, the Reeky Seltzers, too, which we love at the DNVR bar. Breckenridge Distillery Products, they're available in all 50 states. You can just go on their website, uh purchase some bourbon they've got the broncos vodka as well ships right to you no matter where you are no matter where you're located you can also shop your local retailer easiest way though i think breckenridgedistillery.com for home delivery of their award-winning breckenridge spirits also want you guys to check out factor meal kits if you're running around uh if you're super busy with work whatever comes up in life factor meal kits is awesome um they arrive right at your door they're fresh never frozen put them in your microwave for two minutes boom they're ready to go Mm -hmm. and they're not just like some run-of-the-mill frozen meal that you're picking up at your local grocery store 
this is like a deluxe meal. You feel like you're eating something healthy and that's been put together really like carefully. Mm -hmm. uh, tons of great options. You can go to their website, pick whatever you want. No matter what diet you're with, uh, Factor Meal Kits is great with that kind of fit too. Um, so check out Factor Meal Kits. Go to factormeals.com slash DNVR50. You're going to get 50% off your order. DNVR50 at factormeals.com. Get 50% off your order again. It arrives right at your door. Um, great tasting, made with great ingredients as well. Never frozen. Two minutes in the microwave. You're good to go. Also, shout out Shady Rays. ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR. Get 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Uh, you can go to ShadyRays.com. Browse their entire selection there. You can also go in store. They got a location, Park Meadows Mall. If you want to try on if you want to feel your shady rays in your hands before you purchase them uh they have the best customer service around if you don't like your shady rays or if you lose or break your pair even on day one they'll send you a brand new pair no questions asked wear your shady rays with confidence they've got your back long after your purchase again shadyrays.com use the code dnvr for 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses all right so the broncos are um Going to New England this week, Chris. Here. Oh, it's here. It is here. Oh, I was, I it's, I was reading about it, and um, Russ was talking about like playing in the snow. <laughs> yeah, I just assumed they were going to New England because it's been nice here. Exactly. But. It's I don't. It might snow Sunday, maybe or Monday. So, I mean, it, it so seems, maybe they'll get a little of it. Or maybe it's like Sunday morning. Yeah, I know the forecast has been changing, but yeah, it doesn't. I don't think it's actually going to snow. Yeah. It sounds good when he says, I mean, like, based yeah, I love on how it looks outside yeah, right 60 now. 60 degrees. I wouldn't think so. But we'll see. Things we'll can see. change quickly. They do. Uh, wh what are you uh, watching for this weekend? Like, what are the couple battlegrounds that mm -hmm. you think could decide this Broncos Patriots game? It's, uh, first of all, the Patriots are not good. Like, they're terrible. They're they're not good at all. I mean, they're they're three and twelve now, and there's a reason for that. Like, they're not a good football team. Um, they gave the Bills like a tiny bit of a scare. Uh, or no, it was the Chiefs last week. Yeah, Chiefs last week. Um, and in the first half, like, they played kind of well. Second half just totally fell apart and played like the Patriots. Um, I think the key is just scoring. Like, you don't need to score a lot, but what you don't want is for this game to be like. 3-3 three, three halfway through the third quarter, which Dude, is something that's possible. The Patriots lost 6-0 to zero exactly. to the Chargers three weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, you look six at... 6-0. to zero. And that was in the middle of like a four or five week stretch where they were giving up less than 10 points per game. They lost 10-7 to seven to the Giants the week yep. before that. The week before that, they lost 10-6 to six to the Colts. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's, that's what they do. The defense is for real. I mean, it's a Bill Belichick defense. Uh, yeah. Sean Payton said like very clearly like they've got all the different fronts like the odd fronts the even fronts, like like everything that you could be looking at like they'll swap out linebackers for safeties and then if you're the quarterback you're like wait what is going on here like what is this guy gonna do and it's because they have all these versatile players just like they have for the last i mean two decades honestly mm -hmm. where you can say like hey this guy's a linebacker he can play the run he can also cover tight ends Honestly, he might even be able to cover some receivers, especially like the Broncos like to throw little Jordan Humphrey out there as a blocker. Um, and he's kind of like, he's not quite a hybrid tight end receiver, but yeah. he's pretty close to it. 
And so you put him out there. They've got like Kyle Duggar, who's like, is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? He's definitely a safety, but like, it's one of the rare teams who has so many kind of hybrid defenders to match the Broncos kind of hybrid offensive players that the matchups are just going to be strange. Like, mm-hmm. Because typically, if you're on offense, it's like you you have a running back, a tight end, three receivers. Defense is going nickel. They want three corners to match the three receivers. You re- reduce one of those receivers, put in another tight end. They get rid of the corner, put in a linebacker. Right. But with these two teams, like that's what Sean Payton's all about, is throwing all these different combinations of players out there, seeing like, oh, they do 3-4 here. They go nickel here. They go dime with this look. And then figuring out which matchups he likes. But with the Patriots, they do the same thing defensively. And so they'll like get into three, four. They they'll run a four, three. They'll line up over the A gaps. They'll run line up over the B gap. Like, and so the coaching matchup is just going to be strange, and it's going to be something that, honestly, I'm not even going to understand. Like nobody's going to even understand what is happening out there. Todd Davis is going to be the only exactly. guy who knows what's going exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you're going to be like, wait, what? So they're putting the safety on the receiver. Like it, it's just going to be strange. And because of that, I'm pretty sure in their careers, Bill Belichick has gotten the better of Sean Payton because that's where he finds all of his advantages. And it's Bill Belichick. You don't need to do anything crazy on offense. You gotta get like 14 points. Yeah. 17 points. But that honestly could be a battle. Um, I think I was reading this is the most the Broncos have been favored by all season long. I believe it. What they're seven now. I think, um, I think let me look last I saw there were seven point favorites which as they should be like it makes it sound like the the Broncos like can they even score yeah, on this defense Denver minus seven like it, it is modern football like they should be able to way uh, find a way to score points the Patriots over is probably not. 36 and a half though it, which has gone up it was at 34 and a half it opened at 34 and a half and I guess Damn. people took the over and it was it was the lowest in the NFL this week I'll take the under yeah it feels like a good, as much as you'd like to say like Hey, the the defense is gonna get turnovers. Broncos offense just playing in the red zone all day. Like I totally agree. Like this is just not. There are going to be a lot of people who watch this game and say like, "Oh, what a waste of three hours!" <laughs> like this was so <laughs> disgusting. Like, yeah. And then we'll go back to that stuff. Like I'd rather see them lose forty to thirty five than watch this garbage. Yeah. Um, and then on the flip side, it'll just be like the most brainiac battle. Uh, in the NFL potentially this season uh, there'll be others I mean you get like the line you get Andy Reid playing these games too but like it's it's gonna be weird that's all I know is this one's going to be weird and the Broncos should come out on top mm-hmm. at the same time would it be the first time we've seen the Broncos just fall apart and Bill Belichick steal a win like I the Broncos should win but it's the NFL anything can happen how good would it feel though to to hand Bill Belichick another loss though when he's clearly just hanging on for to get this wins record exactly and he just like can't move any closer to it yep. because his team sucks yeah and now there are all these rumors like oh Bill Belichick's gonna go maybe like to the Cowboys uh. next season <laughs> so he can keep winning yep. games and a, a <sighs> great capper or close to you know cap to this season Getting to eight and seven, yep. keeping the playoff hopes alive, and beating Bill Belichick would feel so good. It would. It would. That'd be great. It would feel very good. And that's why I'm curious. Because, like I said, like this is kind of what I'm writing about today. Is like, I don't know exactly what the headline is, but it's going to be something like the Broncos and Patriots have played like so many great games. They have, and so many important games. And this one is so important for the Broncos, but for some reason, it just doesn't even like 
feel that important like the excitement level for a seven 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 team that needs to win out and has like three very 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 winnable games like just doesn't feel like the excitement's matching that despite all these things despite like patriots broncos and all the history that's there like that's their biggest rival the broncos biggest rival outside of the afc west sure and i don't even think it's particularly close yeah so you have all that and it just feels i don't know for some reason the hype just isn't the way i feel like it should be yeah i mean i think it's just what we've been through this season yeah <laughs> like that's this bronco season has been a grind yeah um because we had all come to our conclusions about this team like we just talked about after the start yep. they got off to and then these last you know five six weeks i think we've just been asking ourselves the same question is this team good exactly and I still don't know if we know the answer to that. Yeah, exactly. No, we totally don't. But <laughs> and that like, it might just be how the season ends, where we're still asking that question. Totally. Like you can make the playoffs and still be asking that question. Yeah. Like because again, the question at the end of the year is, do you keep Russ? And that's the exact same question as, can you actually reach the goals you want to reach yeah. in the next two years with this team as it is? And like you could go ten and seven and edge out like the Colts. And the Steelers and yep. the, I mean, who, who else sucks? It's right there. Like the Browns are probably in, but you could still take the Browns, the Bengals with Jake Brown. Like you could just edge out all these teams who also like the Broncos are like, are they actually any good at all? Like two bad teams are making the playoffs. Totally. Like that's just how it's going to go. Totally. And you know, it, luckily it's the NFL playoffs and not the NBA playoffs. And the better team only wins like 65% of the time instead of like, 85% of the time in the NBA. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Henry, thanks for coming on, man. Um, oh, yeah. That was awesome. You can read Henry on the DNVR.com. You can watch him on the DNVR Broncos podcast mm-hmm. um, where he will maybe talk about some uh, stories about how much linebackers hate his game grades and they, disagree with them. Yeah. If Alex Singleton raises 15000 bucks for Special Olympics, he gets to tackle me. Oh, that's what he decided. Yeah, that was a whole big thing too. It's oh yeah, a, I th- I think I heard about that. Yeah, it's a. Where how much has he raised so far? He's it's in last I checked, it was an estimated like eighty five hundred. So I don't think he's gonna get it. It's <laughs> like he has this like per tackle thing. Yeah. So people pledge per tackle. Oh, so it's really on him. Exactly. Okay. And I, th- I think right now he's at like fifty six bucks a tackle, and until that gets up to like eighty five, I don't have much to worry about. Um, I know that he raised like. 15,000. I think that's why I picked it when he was with the Eagles mm. and came here and was like, Broncos fans aren't really raising as much money for this. Uh, but yeah, I think he's still third in the NFL. So I'm probably safe, but yeah. All right. Well, there's, there's some donate there. to that. If you want to see this guy get tackled there by Alex go. Singleton for special Olympics for special Olympics. Yes. yes. For special Not for my Olympics. medical bills <laughs> guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you could throw me a quick thumbs up uh, before we get out of here and uh yeah thanks for watching thanks for hanging out in the chat we'll be back next week with another guest on the denver sports podcast talk to you guys then